to join us for episode 9 of Adventures on the Road, proudly brought to you by A Van to Hire. This episode we talk hiring a van or camper, finish our chat with Macca and talk tips with Cam about buying a second hand van. We start on location at A Van to Hire. G'day, we're out and about Adventures <laughs> on the Road and with the girls down here at A Van to Hire. Hi girls. Hi. So we're here for the grand opening. What's Avan to Hire all about? Avan to Hire is all about getting uh, families into a camper trailer so they can get out and have an adventure. That's what life's all about, Shane, is getting out and having an adventure. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Adventure is the key word. <laughs> it is. And of being on the road as well. Yeah. So people can hire the van and they can go anywhere. Anywhere. Anywhere they want. Uh, with our off-road campers, we actually allow people to go off-road. Like ah. Cape. All that sort of stuff. So that's what picks us apart from everybody else. I was just about to say, that's a bit on the unique side because most places that you're going to hire something from, there's you can't take it here, you can't take it there. You can't sneeze on Thursdays. Exactly (laughs) right. You read that course. I did, I did. So, So you girls are much more accommodating for people who want to hire something so that they can... Well, be using it as a trial? Every, exactly. It, as a trial, but, you know, every every other demographic has been filled already. You know, you've got um, holiday parks where people can hire a cabin or cabin or put their caravan there, but getting out and getting that real sense of adventure and going to the places where you wouldn't ordinarily go, having access to something that is out of the ordinary for your family, that's that's where we, that's... Are, we have our niche in there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they can hire it for just... A night or two if they want to, or they can take it for a couple of weeks. Yep. Yep, yep. So our longest hire so far has been four weeks, and our shortest is, of course, two nights. That's a minimum. Um, Yeah, but it doesn't doesn't matter. Someone could hire it for two months if they wanted to and... and Travel around. Travel the whole of Queensland. Wow. Yeah. Sensational. Or interstate, either way. Yeah. Okay. But there's another little side of the business as well, isn't there? As well as the camper hire side. Yes, there is. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. So we're talking about race pro trailers and fabrication. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so our little our other business is a custom, uh, hundred percent custom trailer fabrication business. So if you come to us with an idea, um, for example, we're building some barbecue trailers at the moment for some Lions Clubs. They're like, we want our barbecues to slide this way and we want a kitchen and we want it to have a disco ball and we want this and that. (laughs) We pretty much make it to suit their needs. Okay. Yeah. So in in the custom side of things, can someone even come to you with their own idea of what they want in a camper trailer come then? Certainly, yep. certainly. Um, ben, our fabricator, who's also our business partner in Race Pro, he's itching to get his hands on a camper trailer. Yeah. Um, he has so many ideas. He's like, will just one of them come and say they want to build it? So in other words, he's itching to create something that's going to make people go, oh, wow, that's yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you see all these these trailers on the road at the moment, say go-kart trailers, barbecue trailers, all that sort of stuff. We say that we can build a barbecue trailer or a go-kart trailer, but it's different. It's 100% custom. We supply, we we support all of our local suppliers from steel to electrical stuff to panelling, all that sort of stuff. So we always do something different. It's not just the same old, same old. Okay. So it sounds like you've got a good, a good sort of coexistence here. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah. It does. It's yeah. a happy synergy, actually, yeah. Okay. So... 
We can hire a van from you and we can go just about anywhere in Australia. Well, we can go anywhere in Australia. Mm -hmm. The only thing you can't do is go on water with it. No. Yeah, they don't float. Not sure. Do they float? I don't think so. No. Okay, yeah. so mm. maybe no not on water. Yet. <laughs> no, no aqueducts yet. I like that yet bit. That's <laughs> yes. Yes. Keep watching this space, baby. <laughs> what will oh, the bills think a of will, next? there's a way. <laughs> so we're in... Alvin. 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 The A-liner. Alvin the A-liner. Okay. And this is quite cosy. Well, there's four of us in here. Three of us you can see. <laughs> one, of us, one of us is behind the camera. camera. Right. Exactly. But okay, if I wanted to hire this, how much am I looking for? So Alvin is uh, 75 a night. That's all. That's, That's it. 75 I know. a night. That's crazy, right? So the whole idea of us is to make it affordable for people and not out of reach. So you get a fully equipped. Caravan we, on the we road. Had a, we had a little sneak peek before yep. in, the, in the cupboards. It, mm -hmm. It's got everything you need. It in does. It. The only thing you really need to put in here is your food. Your food. Your linen. Your linen. Yes. And yourselves. And yourselves. Right. And you're done. Yep. Hook, hook it up and away yep. you go. Away you go. For $75 a night. A night, yeah. Now, does that include, like, covering it for insurance and that yep. sort of thing? Yep. So um, when you hire with us... There is a bond. We take a credit card in print for that. It's like hiring a rental car. Of course. And if there's terms and conditions, obviously, uh, and in those terms and conditions state that if there is an accident, then you've got to cover the excess. Yep. Any damage that is not wear and tear, you have to pay for as well. Yes, in other words, if I'm a really bad driver, which I'm not, I want to <laughs> But if, if I'm a really bad driver and I back it into a tree, then obviously I've got You're to cover it. Which yep. is the norm for anything. The norm, right, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. hire a car, a boat, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so $75, that's good value. It is, it is. And if you want something with the lot, so our full off-road version, which is Roger Ramjet, the Cruise Line Adventure Plus, it's 95 a night. So it's neither here nor there. That's still not expensive at 95 a night. No, no it's not. No, it's cheaper than going away in a motel, hotel. Yeah. yeah exactly and you can stop wherever you want wherever you want and you've got a comfy bed for me that's one of the most important parts of getting away is actually getting a good night's sleep yep. yeah so you know being able to get out and see anything but crash at the end of the day get a good night's sleep and just get straight back into the next day so comfy bed yeah exactly. that's that's big on the list for me yeah i love it yeah a van to hire. And I like the way you've done the logo and the name. A van to hire. It's, yeah, it's thanks. Really, <laughs> that was good. That was good. Now, I've got to ask also, what if, for example, I ring you and say, hey, look, I've got to go to the Sunshine Coast and I'm not taking my normal car, I'm being driven up there by someone else, but I, I would love to be able to go and stay in the van. But obviously I can't tell it there myself. Mm -hmm. Have you got an answer for that? Yeah, of course. Um, so anyone that's flying into Queensland um, and can't uh, hook up to their car and take our camper away, we're happy to uh, tow it down to their destination or up to their destination and have it all set up for them. Um, we charge a small fee, but it's just to cover our petrol and, and time, really, and, and it depends how far they're going. I think we hired, uh, we had some hirers go down to Byron recently. We charged them $90 return to get it down there, set it up for them and bring it back. That's that's sensational, Hayden. I yeah. mean, you, you, you'd spend more than that in, in, in fuel. 
Nearly. Nearly? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you're both very good drivers and (laughs) drive economically. Right. Well, no no lead points around. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Um, Yeah, but the whole thing about A-Band to hire is to make it accommodating and affordable for... Everybody. Everybody. So yeah. I just want to point out as well is that we don't just have the A-Vans. So we have soft floor campers that can accommodate families up to eight people. Um, forward fold campers. Mm. So, yeah, it's our yeah. fleet. So if someone wants to go to the Cape, then it's no problem. Easy peasy. They None at all. Take one of the off-road campers and yeah. Yeah. up the Cape they go. Yeah. yeah. Where have you been all my life? Oh, so... <laughs> If you want a book... Yes. Yes. That's a good idea. That's an idea, isn't it? I like that idea. If I want a book, how do I do that? (laughs) So um, you can go jump on our website, which is avan2hire.com.au. Yep. You can call us on 0407 647 or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Excellent. And, of course, on your website, you've got a website. Yep, we do. You've mentioned. Obviously, they can always email you from the website. Yeah, they can. They so can they can do. make inquiries or even just deal booking. Yeah. All right, girls. Well, I hope today goes really well for you. Thanks, Thank you. And uh, look forward to working with you girls in the future. Likewise. We're, we're very stoked. Yeah. yeah. Now let's go from hiring a van to buying a van. Here's Cam in the first of our chats about the do's and don'ts of purchasing a second-hand van. Hey, Cam. How you going? Good, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Listen, I wanted to have a chat to you about Buying a second-hand van. Yes. Now, there's all sorts of things we need to th- you need to think about when you're buying a second-hand van. Now, I'm guessing that age of the van is not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it's something you you need to think about and consider a few things when you're talking about an age of van. Would you agree? Oh, most definitely, mate. That's uh, when you're trying to these sorts of things you need to work out before you even go looking. Um, you, you need to decide on what price bracket you're going to be in, which will quite often determine the age of the van. Obviously, the older the van, the uh, the more likely, the less it's going to cost, but not always. No, but that also might mean that you've going to have to do a bit more work with it, to it, after you buy it, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct, man. You've always got to just keep that in mind. It's you might might get a bargain, but you've also got to be aware of what you need to fix on that to to work out what your total cost will be because it can come up and bite you sometimes. And I suppose we also have to sort of think about what sort of travelling we're going to be doing. Oh, exactly. You've got many choices to to make whether whether you're going to buy an off road van. If you're going to be going off road, obviously you're going to going to need something with a little bit of wheel travel and and probably a bit more rigidity than a normal van. You you tend to have a choice of three basic constructions on a van. the the frame The frame is either a wooden frame. You can also get a, an aluminium frame, which obviously the aluminium frame works better for moisture but, however, will not stop the water getting into your wall, but uh, it will stop the walls from actually rotting. And then the third option is the fiberglass walls, or actually there's even four. There's pressed aluminium walls as well, 
So there's there's a whole variety of vans out there that you can choose, um, and it, you don't necessarily need to choose that option beforehand unless you're probably going to be doing a lot of beach stuff or live near the beach. You'd definitely be better off with an aluminium frame. And then, then you've got to look at each individual different sort of construction of the van as to what things you need to look for that are pitfalls with a particular type of construction as opposed to, as, as you mentioned, with the the uh, timber frame as opposed to the aluminium frame. Obviously, a timber frame, you've got to be aware of whether there's any rotting happening in the timber frame, whereas there's not likely to be any rotting in an aluminium frame. That's going to be less costly to fix if you've just got to replace a bit of internal wall sheeting as opposed to having to replace the whole wooden frame in a van. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. that right? Definitely, mate, definitely. That's uh, that's that's the way it is. If if your wood ends up getting getting wet, then your actual frame will become unstable and therefore the entire side of the van would have to be removed, all the, the sticks removed and new new framing put in, which becomes very expensive. Whereas with an aluminium frame, the frame will the water will still get in if there's a leak, but the frame integrity will stay and you will only notice it on perhaps the, the ply inside the van. Okay, now these there's also these I think they call them composite construction are some of those vans sort of made without actually any, any aluminium framing through them at all that they're just working on the on the the bond between the the three uh levels of the um wall as it were uh yeah that's right there's not not so many vans out there but there are there there is a style that is uh usually pressed foam so it will be an aluminium outer coating, an aluminium inner, or a a aluminium inner coating that is then covered with your ply, but the board is sandwiched together. And if you can imagine, I don't know whether the listeners know of sandwich panel, which is what they make a lot of those cool rooms and so forth out of. Yep, yep. It becomes like that once once it once it gets pressed and the glue and the foam dries, it becomes rigid. So therefore, you, you don't need the frame, and as as you alluded to, the a lot better for leaking, but also a lot harder to track if there is a leak. Yeah, if if there is a leak in that, we'll call it a composite construction for one of a, a better term. Yep. The only real damage you're looking at is probably to the internal ply services, isn't it? The veneer timber type plywood uh, that's on the internal, whether it be the wall or maybe even the floor that's going to suffer from, from moisture. It's not going to affect the, the, the foam block or the external sheeting, whether it be aluminium or fiberglass? Uh, more than likely not. Can't, I can't speak for every, every construction, but more than likely, you're right, that the water wouldn't get into the foam because it's just too densely packed, so no water can get in between. But what could happen is that the water could get between the sheet 
and gaps in the glue, perhaps. And then, yep. like what you said, then then it would then it would affect the ply on the inside, and you would probably see bubbling in your ply. It starts to get very thin to the touch, and likewise with the floor. If if you if if your floor ends up wet, you're more likely more than likely going to have the floor swelling on you, and that'll probably be the first first indicator that there's there's water damage is is you'll be able to to see a little lump rising now the other sort of things you need we, we need to think about too when we're looking at a van is obviously to to consider whether the weight of the van is suitable for our tow vehicle uh, exactly mate that would be one of the the first things that you, you need to sort of work out is what your vehicle can handle and that will that will then define the size of van that you will be and weight of van that you will be able to, to tow. So that that would be my nearly my first step I would say is yeah uh, make make sure that you're looking in the right area otherwise you can end up with a bit of a dilemma on your hands. Thanks Cam. More on what to look for when you're buying a van in our next episode. Now have you entered the competition to win a shuttle chef? Go to our website and click on the competition tab. It's free. Richard did, and he reckons beef stroganoff, boiled potatoes and crusty bread on Cradle Mountain is the go. I'm with you, Richard. I love my beef stroganoff, so good luck. Time for part two with Macca. We are up the Cape. If you're going to go to Cape York, don't just stop at the sign. Jump on the ferry. Not expensive. Great day out to go out and visit those islands because there's some amazing parts of Australian history up there as far as World War II history. You know, there's the locals up there that are digging up the old trenches that were the defence uh, system around the airfield and there's, there's some really cool history there and the locals are just some of the nicest people you'll ever come across. You know, very friendly place, so don't miss out on it. Okay. Now, you and I both enjoy a good feed. Hmm. Uh, that's no secret, is it? Allegedly, yes, allegedly. Oh, sorry, alleg- enjoy... Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> now you you've come out with a uh, some spices, a range of spices, I believe. Well, has mate, I'm, I'm the newest of the, the spice traders in Australia. I've got a bit of a pirate background, I think. Yeah, running a few spices now. Yeah, I am. to get me a parrot, mate. mate. I've always been into Cooking in the bush, you know, it's a part of what I've always done. And I've always had a philosophy that a lot of people have this mindset when they go traveling or camping that it's about knocking up a quick feed, you know, a bit of baked beans on toast or something. And to me, I think it's so far from where you should be. We've all got busy lifestyles these days and we don't actually have time to to prepare and, and, uh, and cook a, an amazing meal at home all the time. But when we're in the bush, we got all day, mate. So, to me, it's the time that you really should try and put food on the plate that, that's going to impress your friends, you know, that's really make them go, wow, how did we get this meal out here in the middle of nowhere? So um, and that, that's extended, I guess, to, to when I'm at home as well. I like cooking on the barbecue and I've got a couple of smokers and, and, and all sorts of outdoor cooking paraphernalia, I guess. But um, I, I've, I sort of got into a couple of years ago adding spice rubs to to my meat, you know, and and um, and even veggies and stuff. But 
I was buying them off a local gentleman who is um, he, he creates spice rubs for competition barbecuers, and and the flavours involved in that are quite strong because it's all about getting a, a, a massive flavour hit into the judge's mouth. But they only eat a tiny little piece of each dish. So if you put that much spice on on a 500-gram ribeye on the bone, it becomes too much by the end. Yep. So um, what I did is I, I had a chat with Trev, the, the, the guy who makes the spices, and I said, you reckon we could come up with a couple of flavours that I reckon are more suitable to the average Aussie? And I'm talking the sort of things that you can just add to your ro- rolled beef roast that you're going to cook in the kitchen at home on a Sunday even that's not these American-style low and slow flavours that have come in with the, the modern barbecuing sort of culture. So we spent about six months, mate, threw things around, tried everything. I reckon I've eaten more meat than a small country in the last six months. But we're done, mate. So, um, yeah, barbe- uh, Macca's barbecue seasoning rubs is now a thing. In fact, the first of the stock has been sent out to the first of our stockers. So it'll sort of be hitting the shelves from about now and uh, we'll just continue. I guess that's what we're trying to do, mate. Initially, we're trying to find stockers. We don't want to sell it direct. We want to, you know, we want to share it with the, the retail people out there. So anyone who owns a caravan park or a butcher shop or a, a four-wheel drive shop or something like that where outdoorsy people are coming in, supermarkets by all means, you know, food works or something, jump on board, put some rubs in there and um, let's share the flavour around, I say. Uh, we'll we'll put the links on our website uh, so they can... Oh, you're a good man, Shane. I'll tell you what, next time I see you, I'll give you a couple of bags of rubs. Oh, did you say you're going to give me a couple of rubs? Yeah, there's a lot of jags flying around, mate. You can imagine, you know, you'd want to rub from Macca and all that sort of stuff. And I say, well, it's your meat. You rub it as fast as you want. <laughs> so what flavours? You've got, what, three or four different ones, have you? Four initially, mate. We may work on another one later. So what we've got now is a beef rub called Great Barrier Beef. All very Australian, mate. We've got a lamb one called the Great Southern Lamb. Not land, lamb. Lamb. And we have a chicken one called Captain James Chook. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I know. Imagine the conversation, but we'll come up with the names. It was plenty of laughter. And then we've got a pig one simply called... That'll do, pig. And, oh, uh, oh, excellent. Yeah, so we, um, yeah, lots of fun. The whole lot's been fun, and really, shouldn't everything in life be fun? Absolutely. Life's too short not to. True story, mate. True story. And there's much to enjoy out there in that great, this great country of ours. Oh, mate, it's been absolutely put together for fun, hasn't it? I mean, when you look at it, so, so there's... The, the, the reality is, in the last four weeks, and I've driven all these places, I've been from the tip of Cape York to the Grampian, you know, and the, the contrast between those places from tropical far north Queensland to Victorian high country, is it's like being right across Europe, mate. You know, today, I got out of the Grampians just in time because today it's snowing there. You know, so I could have literally, within a few weeks of, of a holiday in Australia, gone from sitting under the coconut palms to snow skiing. Both would kill me. You know, hit on the head by a coconut, and I'd probably kill myself on a set of skis too, to tell you the truth. But both nice to look at. <laughs> We're so lucky living in this country, really. We've just got so much at our disposal, haven't we? 
Absolutely, mate. Really, and, and people who sit at home and they say, "Oh, I just haven't got time to get out and explore," they'll think you've missed. You know, well, you've got yourself so entrenched into working all week to pay for the new big screen TV that you've got. But when you really think about it, what you wanted to do was go out camping. So don't buy the telly. You won't have to work so much. You'll have time to go camping. Exactly. Now, <laughs> I believe you're also going to be doing an overseas trip. You're going to become a jet setter. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what. I, um, I remember many years ago watching that Australian movie, The Adventures of Barry McKenzie. Yeah, and, and I can imagine this is going to be pretty similar. Yeah, so so what's up down under, and um, and one of our sponsors, Leisure Tech, have um, have decided that it's best for me to go to Dusseldorf in Germany, and um, it, it's the biggest caravan show in the world over there. So apparently, it's going to blow my mind. Not that it's that hard to blow a little mind like mine, but so yeah, hitting on the big bird, mate, and and going over there and. Um, Oh, I'll tell you what, a fly on the wall, I, I, I have no idea, no idea how to deal with it. Oh, yeah, I, I, I speak German like a Dutchman, you know, like a, it's a different language for me. So having said that, you know, I've seen a couple of German movies over the days and I've probably learned a little bit. <laughs> Nine? Nine, yeah, exactly. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I used to read Commando comics when I was a kid too, you know, so I picked up the Schnell Schnell, that one. Yes, yes. Uh, you'll be <laughs> fine over there. Oh, we'll see, won't we? Because um, I'm taking a cameraman with me, so there'll be no secrets. I'm sure he's been briefed to uh, to get all the, the bits where the little country boys has a bit of a struggle trying to make his way through the big spike of Europe. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of tidbits of... Uh, behind-the-scenes stuff making its way back to Australia, and sooner or later, someone's going to see it. We'll have to have another chat when you come back. And, uh, yeah, definitely. I'll do it in German for you. Oh, good. Okay. I, I, I look forward to that. <laughs> nine, nine. Schnell. <laughs> Schnell, yes, yeah, Schnell, nine. But you're not allowed to say this. What? I see nothing. I see nothing. <laughs> I've already been briefed not to mention the war, mate. Yes, don't mention the war, whatever you do. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, Macra, it's been good to chat with you, as as it's always good to chat with you when we see each other out and about. But, uh, yep. Look forward to catching up with you again very soon. You enjoy your trip to uh, to Dusseldorf. Uh, oh, and, hell. And don't bring back any Helgers, okay? Apparently, they've got beer in Germany, so I'll go over and see whether that's true or not anyway. All right. Good to catch up with you. Likewise. Talk to you again soon. You look after yourself. Bye for now, mate. See you, mate. Bye. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the episode, and we are out of time. So thank you for listening. The show is supported by Avenger High. See more about them on our website. So until next time, have a safe journey.